The Insulone Podcast is brought to you by Cybionics, an emerging CGM brand that focuses on simplifying how individuals aged 18 and above monitor and control their blood sugar levels. Upon becoming available on the market, the Cybionics GS1 CGM has helped users worldwide navigate the complexities of diabetes management with more confidence and peace of mind. Thanks to Cybionics, now more people are able to view and share their real-time glucose data, receive customizable glucose alarms, and generate full AGP reports, all directly from an intuitive Cybionics app, empowering them with the necessary information to make better decisions about their health. Cybionics combines data accuracy and comfort of wear, which is important to us all, with a feature-rich app. The 14-day scanning-free and calibration-free Cybionics GS1 CGM aims to deliver reliable, seamless diabetes management experiences. For more, check out cybionicscgm.com. How's it going? It's Owen here, and this is a bite-sized episode of the Insulone Podcast, Redefining Diabetes. Every week, we'll dip back into the episode archive and get you to think and reflect once more about some of the things we've learned from the podcast over the last few years. It could be some diabetic wisdom, advice, a great guest, or even a hypo story. So enjoy this bite-sized episode of the Insulone Podcast. This week, I actually wanted to specifically talk about your blood sugars while you're asleep and not just how sleep affects your blood sugar, but basically your blood sugar while you sleep okay if that makes sense so either sleeping while your blood sugar is high or sleeping and waking up with a low blood sugar so i think if there if there is a diabetic listening right now which i'm hoping there is just like me i'm sure you know it's quite difficult to get a steady relieving night's sleep that isn't interrupted with anything related to diabetes or your blood sugar or waking up at a low or waking up at a high So I suppose I wanted to talk about how you can kind of flatline those blood sugars for a full night's sleep. So you can wake up in the morning, you can see that flat graph, you can see happy numbers in the morning, and you can hopefully avoid any highs or lows throughout the night. So I think a big part of keeping your blood sugar steady throughout the night, it's not, I suppose the issue lies in the fact that it's not just the individual night that causes issues. It's kind of the ripple effect of your blood sugar. So it's how your blood sugar is at night can lead you into the next day. So your blood sugar can impact you that way. It's like if you wake up with your blood sugar high in the morning, it's not a great start to the day. You may overcorrect with insulin. You can go low and then that just kind of goes on and on and on and on into your day. Or else on the other side of that, you could wake up low in the middle of the night. You could overtreat that low, which we have, which we have done plenty of times. And then again, that ripple effect leading into the next day, waking up your blood sugar is through the roof. You feel like shit. And the last thing you want to do is get out of bed. And also... I was, I suppose, when I was just kind of looking over a few different details for preparation of this this episode, I was looking into the time you spend while you're asleep. All right, let's say on average people get six to se- six, seven, eight hours 
sleep each night. So if you imagine your blood sugar is high more often than not when you're asleep, that's a solid six, seven, eight hours that your blood sugar is high. Now, if you multiply that, I just I have my phone here. If you multiply, let's do let's do seven hours. So if you multiply seven by three six five, that's two thousand five hundred and fifty five hours a year that your blood sugar could be in a high range. Yeah. Now, with diabetes, because it's an invisible disease, and because you, I suppose you can kind of it's it's not like it's plastered on your face. So. Because of that, it's almost like sometimes there can be less of an incentive for people to look after it because you can walk down the street and people aren't going to look at you as if you have two heads because you can hide it. So I suppose that can influence how you treat it and whether or not you give it its deserved attention. So if you're going... I'm kind of going off on a tangent here, Graham. That's all right. Just go go with me. No, you're right. Yeah, go on. So... If you imagine, and a lot of people, and particularly a lot of people that I've spoken to recently, they sleep with their blood sugar very high. So if they're getting that seven hours of sleep each night, that's over 2,500 hours a year with high blood sugar. Would that be the fear of going into a hypo during your sleep? It could be, Is that why? Do people purposely go high due to basically hypoanxiety a lot of the time yeah because as a diabetic your your biggest fear nearly is to drop low but the consequence of that fear and that hypoanxiety is the fact that i'm going to treat a hypo before it even before it even happens so i'm treating an imaginary hypo because of the fear i have of going low so as a result of that you potentially could sleep these seven hours a night, high blood sugar. That's a lot of hours each year that you're in a hyperglycemic state, which is high blood sugar. And as we all know, if your blood sugar is consistently high over an extended period of time, that inevitably is going to lead to long-term complications. And those long-term complications are definitely, definitely things we want to avoid, you know, because it's neuropathy, liver, kidney damage, eye damage, heart damage. It's so it's, I suppose I want to talk about how we can avoid it. What leads you to having a high or a low during your sleep and the steps you can take to avoid it at all costs. Let's start with a low hypoglycemia. It's something that people are very much aware of, very much afraid of going into hypoglycemic state. Uh, let's talk about that. Yeah, so as if as if low blood sugars weren't bad enough as it is, if you wake up in the middle of the night with a low blood sugar, that is just a whole different story. So they're formerly known as nocturnal hypoglycemia. That's obviously a nighttime low blood sugar. So when you wake up in the middle of the night with a low blood sugar, it's possibly the worst feeling in the world. It's depending on how low you are, it's your body shutting down. It's like a near-death experience because it's almost like you wake up just by the skin of your teeth and then you're sweating, you're shaking, and you struggle to even lift your head up off the bed to treat that low. So it's hugely important to avoid that at all costs. And going back to what I was just talking about, that in itself is a reason for people to 
treat that imaginary hypo before it happens because that is the worst thing that can happen to you because if you wake up low it's almost like that near-death experience and i describe it as if it's like you're underwater because when you're underwater nothing really else is on your mind you're only focused on oh shit i'm underwater I, i need to get some air pretty quick and it's like that when you have a low blood sugar there's nothing else on your mind but glucose energy bring this back up because i am about to pass out here so part of the problem with having a low blood sugar obviously the the immediate fear the immediate shock and near trauma of the feeling itself but also because you're more likely to go lower than you would if you were conscious your, your blood sugar is even lower than you would expect it to be at all. So when you get down to the kitchen, you're a lot more likely to overly treat that hypo. And then like I was talking about earlier, that ripple effect leading into the next day. Thanks for listening to this bite-sized episode of the Insulone Podcast. And if you want to listen to the full episode, you can check it out in the description. Chat to you soon.